I'm Ryan. I'm Andy. And, and this, this is Shivers. Shivers. Hey, Andy. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That's good. Did you do anything spooky? Um, well, on Christmas Eve, I watched A Christmas Horror Story. Was it good? I liked it. Yeah. The one story, the one part I didn't like was like the teenager one. Okay. I wasn't too fond of that. But I liked the other ones. And I thought the Krampus one was interesting. The twist that they put on it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm not going to give it away for anyone who hasn't watched it that wants to. Good. Yeah. Cool, cool. That was about it as far as creepy stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Everything else was just holiday cheer. And holiday nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of, like, prep for the episode, I watched a couple scary movies. I watched In the Tall Grass, which is based on a Stephen King novella. Ooh. Um, And it was good. It had some parts that I thought were, that, like, really detracted from, like, the feel of the story. Mm. But it was pretty good. I also um, finally saw The Green Inferno, which was gory Mm. it's an eli roth film so Ah, obviously it will be gory but it was also very good i don't know i don't know about that one i don't like the gore but oh then no don't watch it It, i mean like that's probably the strongest thread throughout is that it's a gory movie yeah that's why i can't get down with like rob zombie films even though i love him as an entertainer i love his music but i cannot do his movies i'm not into his movies either and i think it's they're just maybe it's the same reason like there's not really anything terrifying happening it's just gross kind of gross yeah lords of salem was a little bit different um not like his normal kind of grotesque Mm-hmm. but i also didn't like the storyline for that movie i just thought it was atrocious okay <laughs> well shall we get into it we shall what are we talking about so some interesting mythology today um mythology from pretty much all cultures has always fascinated me so today we're going to talk about um a couple harbingers of death cool in, <laughs> yeah in the celtic mythology pantheon okay yeah Uh, Or I should say universe, not necessarily a pantheon. They're not deities. Um, So here in America, uh, I think, well, first of all, cultures around the world have always put like a personification on death. Right. Some, uh, a being that comes to spirit you away when it's your time to go to the other world or the underworld or wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the Greeks have Hades um, and the Romans have Pluto. We have the Grim Reaper. So the Irish uh, and the Scottish, the the Celtic people, they have the Dullahan. And I don't necessarily know if you would consider a banshee a harbinger of death. And I'll I'll get there and I'll Mm -hmm. explain why. But um, today we're talking about the Dullahans and banshees. Cool. And I just want to say outside of my like media consumption that I did for this episode, I didn't do any real research. So I'm very interested. Yeah, I have like a novel (laughs) of stuff that I wrote. I think the the banshee is really interesting she's more of a benevolent spirit okay um there are stark differences between the two uh, and I'll, I'll get into that but the dulahan is fascinating so the gaelic word dulahan literally means dark man okay yeah so it's interesting though because dulahans can be male or female um they're most often depicted as male but they basically are kind of like akin to our Grim Reaper, so someone who comes to take the souls of the dead. Okay. They are considered a type of fairy. Of course. <laughs> in the sense that they are a magical spirit, not because they are the, like, like fairies as we know them. Mm-hmm. In the Irish folklore, 
Uh, a fairy is pretty much anyone who lives the mm-hmm. spirit realm. So they are a magical race. So okay. there's not only one Dulahan, but many. Okay. Yes. They are depicted as a headless rider on a black horse. Is that what you wear in your <laughs> Sleepy Hollow shirt? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll talk about that too. So Sleepy Hollow, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving is my favorite scary story ever. Ooh. I love, love, love that story. Do you remember the... Um, Sleepy Hollow episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't. I'm sure I saw it. So I felt like I didn't remember it until I listened to the episode of Up All Night about that episode. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's called like the Headless Horseman or something like that. And it's about like this guy. He's like the new kid in town and he kind of likes this girl. And I think they go to a dance together and like they get like lost in the woods or something and you mm-hmm. hear like the horse coming. Oh. Yeah. It's a good episode. Up. And it I feel like it was like kind of in heavy like repeat rotation. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good one. I loved Are You Afraid of the Just as a sidebar, mm-hmm. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid. And the two episodes that always stick out to me are the pinball, like the arcade. Pinball episode. wizard one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That one and the the cold ghost one where the kid's just like I'm cold (laughs) so anytime i actually am cold because like physical environment is Mm -hmm. freezing i always say it like that i'm cold yes and i hope that joan hart was in that episode yeah Yeah. and i always hope that someone will get that reference oh i'm all over it yes also the guys at up all night they'd all be all over it as well no that's awesome i'll have to check out the like go back and see if i can find that headless horseman one um but that is why i wore this shirt although he's not technically a doulahan but we can kind of talk about it because I think it is up for debate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, so mm-hmm. he or she is a headless rider on a black horse. Always, always a black horse. Could be a man or a woman. Okay. In some accounts, the horse is also headless. Ew. Yeah. And as I go on, I like that. yeah, I'm going to get very graphic in describing it because it is a terrifying sight. Like if you picture it in your mind, it is freaking scary yeah. to, to think about. Okay. So the Dulahan is said to wield a whip made of the human spinal cord. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, they usually carry their head tucked under their arm, um, but in some accounts, the head is either stored on a pocket of the saddle uh, on the horse, okay. or it kind of just floats ethereally near the body. Oh. Yeah. Um, they The advantage of it being decapitated is that the Dulahan can also raise its head like high above itself to hold it up in the air to get a clear view of its path and surroundings before they go out uh, like set out to find a person that they're trying to to get their soul. The Dulahan's face is terrifying. It's said to be a very like palish blue color kind of akin to like a moldy cheese color okay (laughs) yeah like blue cheese yes just like like blue cheese or gorgonzola Uh but like grayish blue okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and it has a very grotesque smile, um, contorted and large, extending from ear to ear. Interesting. So very grotesque, distorted smile. Um, its eyes are always flitting back and forth, and they're said to have supernatural eyesight, so they can easily locate their targets, especially in the darkness, because they oftentimes come at night, mm-hmm. if not almost always come at night. So the Dulahan can also be seen driving what's called a silent coach or a death coach. 
Okay. Yeah. So not just one horse then, but a coach. And then they have six horses that Ugh. pull the coach. Again, the horses can be headless. So, so now we have the headless driver and six headless horses pulling a coach. As creepy as that is, I mean, that's how I get around town. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's my, my, my vehicle of choice. Uh, <laughs> um, so creepy. Yeah. So the silent coach or the death coach. In Gaelic, it's called a, and I'm going to butcher it, but mm-hmm. from what I heard on the interwebs, it's a quish the boar. Quish the boar. Quish the boar is, okay. is how you say it's basically the de- death, uh, death coach. So the coach itself uh, is lit by candles inside of human skulls, mm-hmm, like on the front of it to light mm-hmm. the way. Uh, and then the spokes of the wheels of the coach are made from human thigh bones. So we're painting a really pretty picture. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so this terrifying thing, um, he, uh, he or she uh, mm-hmm. can come after you when it's you know, meant to take your soul to the other world. Um, it's said that once the Dulahan has come to Earth, it cannot return to the other world empty-handed. So death is inevitable and imminent. Uh, and the way that a Dulahan kills you mm-hmm. is by just speaking your name. <gasps> so in an instant, they say your name and then you drop dead. And they collect your soul and take it back with them. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They literally don't have to touch you. They don't have to do anything. They just say your name and you're dead. Okay. Um, if you happen to see a Dulahan that is not meant for you, you may be spared, but it comes with a price. Uh, so the Dulahan is pretty unforgiving. Um, and so they will steal your eyesight. Oh. And there's um, a couple ways that they do this course so one is by throwing um like a bucket of blood in your eyes (laughs) or using their spinal cord whip and slashing your eyes out with that (laughs) yeah (laughs) to to permanently blind you (laughs) how dare you look at them (laughs) um you really can't hide from a Dulahan uh, behind locked doors, windows, or gates because these magically fly open in the presence of the Dulahan to allow him or her to pass through. Okay. There is one possible way, one possible way to thwart a Dulahan. They have an irrational fear of gold. Interesting. So I'm wondering if like their immortal enemy would be a leprechaun. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't see anything, and nothing mentioned anything about <laughs> leprechauns, but that's just me putting two and two together. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. There is a quick tale from um, that goes back to, to, traces back to Galway, Ireland, okay. um, where it says a man on his way home one day heard the thunderous sound of horse hooves pounding the road behind him. In dread, he turned to glance behind, and he saw a Dulahan following him. Um, he tried to run, but he knew it would be in vain because the Dulahan would catch him. So he dropped uh, a coin in the road, uh, a gold coin, in the mm-hmm. road behind him. Um, all of a sudden, there was a loud roar in the air uh, and a crack, and when he turned to look again, the Dulahan had vanished. So He, he cheated death. He did, in that instant, because you know the Dulahan will come back. Right. I don't know where the Dulahan went, probably to like reroute his GPS. <laughs> And come back the other way. Rerouting. <laughs> yes. Rerouting. Um, the origin of the Dulahan really isn't 100% clear. There's a few theories that abound. Um, one is, you know, because the ancient Celts believed that the soul was kept in the head, mm-hmm. beheading a person would destroy their spirit. Okay. 
Um, so when Christians missionized Celtic lands beginning around the fourth century, their stories um, and the art of like beheaded saints and um, like holy men mm-hmm. uh, and women sometimes, um, they, those, uh, those depictions made their way to the Celtic people. Um, uh, so this influence could have also played a role in the creation of the Dullahan. We really don't know where it stems from. Right. Um, even other historians believe that the Dullahan is the embodiment of the Celtic fertility god. Uh, I think it's, it's pronounced Cromdouv. Okay. Cromdouv, who was worshipped by an ancient Celtic king. Uh, I'm also going to mispronounce this. Mm-hmm. It looks like Tiger Mass. <laughs> okay. T- Tiger Mass, I don't know. But this ancient Celtic king sacrificed humans to Cromdouv, uh, and the usual method was by decapitation. The worship of this deity ended in about the 6th century when Christianity had really taken hold of the Celtic lands. Um, so it's said that uh, at this time, uh, when the worship of Cromdouv was kind of wiped out, he then assumed a physical form, the Dulahan, mm-hmm. to continue collecting the souls he was owed. Oh. Yeah. So that is pretty much all the research that I had found on the Dulahan. Now okay. we can talk about Washington Irving's Legend of Sleepy Hollow. A yeah. Dulahan or no? I say no because this story is my favorite ever, and I've looked into the history of it. Um, Washington Irving based that tale on the legend of a German soldier, a Hessian, who actually did get his head blown off in the American war, mm-hmm. part of the American Revolution, mm-hmm. um, one of the battles near Sleepy Hollow. Okay, he got his head blown off by an American cannonball. Okay, and his Hessian like brothers in arms would they pulled his body back and like retrieved it so his head was like clear off and in pieces they couldn't retrieve his head so they just had his body okay um he was later actually buried in new york in uh like a little old dutch cemetery Hmm. um where near where the battle had taken place and the battle itself took place near the time of halloween Ah. so i think there's just too much coincidence or consistency with that um, and the depiction of the headless horseman mm-hmm. because he he doesn't have a whip or anything. Right. He ha- he yields a sword on my shirt. He's yielding a battle axe, mm-hmm. which that Hessians usually did yield those. Okay. So could be one of those. I don't mm-hmm. know. But but then there are other theories that say that um, Irving he was of like Celtic descent. His mom and dad. I think his mom was either I think Welsh or British, mm-hmm. and his dad was Scottish. Okay. He had a Scottish nanny, and he was associated with other writers from the time. He wrote um, the Legends of Sleepy Hollow in 1820. Mm-hmm. Uh, other writers at the time um, that he was like really close to were Scottish. So okay. he was exposed to Celtic lore probably through all of these different channels uh-huh. but i i still don't think that he drew an inspiration from the dulahan to write sleepy hollow i really think it was about the hessian who got his head blown off by yeah. a cannonball i mean i feel like the legend of sleepy hollow is like a, a ghost story yeah like very much so through and through like it doesn't even though the headless horseman can take your life it doesn't seem like a story of a harbinger of death. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was interesting because um, I watched a, a YouTube video. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about um, how in some like stories, people think that he is a Dulahan and you can, it's, it's, it's a story of being able to use the Dulahan to your own advantage and ask them to go after someone for you on your oh. behalf. So like the, in this story in particular, it would be Abraham... Uh, von Brunt, Brom Bones, mm-hmm. um, asking the Dulahan to go after 
uh, Ichabod Crane right. for him. But I don't, I don't like it. I don't think that that's really the case. I think yeah. it was just uh, a Washington Irving drew on fact from the time and turned some of it into fiction to make it a scary ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's my, that's my gist on yeah. that. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the Doolahan? No. Or, okay. That's, um, I mean, I really feel like there should be like movies about that. I, like, honestly, I've never really yeah. heard that like imagery and it's so scary. It's terrifying. It's definitely more scary than a skeleton in a robe. Right? With a little sigh. I right. Know. Like that's not <laughs> like, as scary. It's your time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, this thing is terrifying. I mean, the, the Irish, they're kudos to them because they're like i feel like the originators of horror yeah <laughs> a lot of ancient cultures honestly because they just they this the, the way that they depicted things was really meant to keep people in line i think yeah <laughs> or just terrify them into like being good people right <laughs> um the the way the reason that i actually found out about the Dulahan is from an anime series called dura rara there's a Dulahan in that. So that actually, when I was trying to find media and I was searching for things about Banshee, mm-hmm. that came up. Came up. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. I actually watched the, because uh, I like anime. So mm-hmm. if, if you're an anime fan, I, Dura Rara is a good one. Welcome to announcements, creeps and peeps. First, thanks to our first patron, Julia B. Julian pledged on Patreon at our Bumps in the Night tier. Very, very many thanks to her and all of the love that our cold black hearts can give. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com shivers to see all our tiers and their associated perks. Patreon allows for you to help us reach goals like buying equipment, going to horror cons, or maybe going for some on-site investigations. Follow us also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shivers Podcast. You can also send emails to us. Our email address is shiverspodcast at gmail.com. We would really like to hear from you, whether it's show ideas, commentary on shows we've already published, or even scary stories that you want to share with us. Don't forget that all over the web, we are shivers with two Vs. Next episode, we are going to be talking in depth about the Jew on and the Grudge movies. If you have not seen them, I would recommend watching them ahead of time. There are going to be spoilers, especially for the Jew on series, which is the original Japanese films. Um, there will not be any spoilers for the new grudge movie that came out on January 3rd of this year. We're going to talk a lot about the details of the original several movies in Japan. If you want to see them and you don't get a chance before the next episode, I would say maybe save the next one for after you get an opportunity to see them, although they would probably be pretty good anyways. Thanks as always to the Necropoticon Network for being our home on the internet, and also a big thanks to our local library for the use of their audio studio. Finally, I want to let you guys know that the audio for the remainder of the episode may be kind of wonky. We had some issues with the audio files, so I apologize in advance for any issues there, and I hope that you guys will forgive us and then come back to see us in two weeks, because that audio will hopefully not be wonky. Now back to Andy talking to us about Durara. 
it's about like gang activity and like the Dullahan is kind of a side story to it all. Okay. Um, but it it's it takes place, of course, in Japan. I can't remember the name of the city, but it's it's a city that's just like riddled with gang activity. And the Dullahan, her name is Selty Sturluson. Okay. So she sounds very like Norwegian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she is on a quest to find her head, and she is in this city because she the last place that she heard her head was was this city so she's here everyone knows her as the headless rider Mm -hmm. um the way that she's depicted is she has got like a black kind of like a leather cat suit jumpsuit thing um her horse is a headless horse but it can like turn itself into things so for the purposes of this show um it's actually a motorcycle (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's a good choice Uh, yeah so she doesn't have her head with her she's on a quest basically to find her head and people in the city have it but she's like a courier and she delivers messages for some of the gangs and there's like a private eye that's involved in the gang activity so she works for him and she gets like involved in all these different like stories and it's it's really good but Mm -hmm. that's how i found out about the dulahan um i had no idea of it i had never heard of it before that um but the way that she's depicted um like her head is obviously cut off and there's this black smoke that comes up at the neck and the only way that she can communicate is obviously via texting so she just doesn't have a head she doesn't have a head but she can text cool Without a head and eyes to see. but I, don't know. I mean, some people are good at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe she operates with Braille on her keys. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's like touch typing for cell phones. It could. Could be. Um, I don't know, but that's a good one. Um, but then the other, not necessarily harbinger of death, but like an omen, I would say a death mm-hmm. omen is the banshee. Okay. Um, and I think most people will be more familiar with the banshee. Um, so she... The largest difference between the Dulahan and the Banshee is that she does not kill people. Okay. She doesn't come to claim any souls. She warns of death. Okay. So the Banshee, uh, literally translated, means fairy woman or woman of the underworld. She's also known as um, the, I'm going to say this wrong, probably, Bonquincha. Okay. And I'll get to what that means later. Um, but the first Banshees were not evil or dangerous. So their depiction has been kind of bastardized in okay. our culture as we know it today for them to be like um, just awful evil spirits who just uh-huh. want to haunt people. The earliest mention of Banshees trace back to 8th century um, Irish folklore. And they're typically depicted in one of two ways. Uh, a withered, tiny crone with white hair mm-hmm. or a tall, thin, beautiful woman. So uh, she can she can be pretty <laughs> as well. Um, she is typically seen with long, flowing hair or, and dressed in white. Um, but in some accounts, she might be wearing red or green as well. Um, but her eyes are usually red from continual weeping. Many times uh, a woman's spirit becomes a banshee due to injustices in her life, mm-hmm. bad or improper things that she did herself while alive, or um, because she was a victim of violence herself. Hmm. Um, so the banshee's sole purpose is to warn the living when death is coming, um, and it's typically the death of a family member or a loved one. The warnings come from banshees in the form of crying, screaming, and wailing, also known as keening, which I'll get into a little bit later. Okay. Um, keening is something that goes back throughout like the history of the Celtic people. Um, sometimes she also claps to warn as okay. well. I had never heard of that, but um, apparently that's a form of her warning too. 
Um, Banshees are only devoted to certain people, the ancient Gaelic nobility, and most notably the families with surname prefixes of O, Mick, or Mac. A different banshee belonged to each noble family and would forewarn death. She is said to be an ancestor of the family herself as well. Okay. The expressions um, uh, of, of mourning, uh, such as screaming and moaning, come from Celtic religious and cultural history. So women have played a large role in the culture of death for hundreds of years in ancient Celtic um, history. Uh, the ancient war goddess, for example, uh, her name is Bive. Uh, she could influence battles and predict the death of warriors um, by letting out a loud scream, which is not un- unlike Valkyries mm-hmm. in Norse mythology. Another goddess, Brigid, was said to be the first in all of Ireland to cry over the loss of a family member who happened to be her son. Um, and Brigid is one of like the main goddesses in Irish in the Irish pantheon. Okay. Because of these influences, um, keening was, uh, is called or, or is a rhythmic wailing and mourning performed by women as a death ritual. So it actually became something that was necessary in death um, for the dead to be able to pass safely into the other world. Okay. So keening women were revered and respected and were seen as a link between the living world and the world of the dead. Um, and it was a paid profession. I was just thinking, I think there's something in Japanese culture also where you can, like, hire people to come at funerals and wail. Really? I think. I didn't know that. But they also have Harbingers of Death, the, shin- yeah. the Shinigami, mm-hmm. which, Death Note, is another really good uh, <laughs> anime for people who like anime. Um, and then, oh, okay, so another name for the Banshee, as I mentioned, is the, the Bonquincha. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mean, literally means uh, keening woman. In Gaelic. Okay. So that's why they also call her that. Not to be confused with Bon Quiqui, who is a, a character from a mad TV skit. Have you ever heard it? I think so. Bon Quiqui? Oh my God, it's so funny. Um, but it sounds it sounds like that. Okay. Bon, <laughs> bon Quincha. As a practitioner, keening women would walk barefoot on the road, um, often looking disheveled and wearing torn clothes and having really unkept hair. Um, so this physicality could have led to the depiction of a banshee as a withered crone. Okay. Keening women were paid professionals, as I mentioned, um, for quite some time. Um, and only the upper class could really afford to pay them. Um, the really good ones were in high demand. Um, and this could be why it's said that banshees are only connected to Celtic nobility. Right. Because you'd really only hear those cries from people who had money to pay the women to come keen at right. the funerals. Um, I watched something. There's like a mini series on youtube it's called monstrum it's kind of put on by um pbs okay public broadcasting service um dr emily zarka shout out to her because i got a lot of my information from her episode on banshees for this Um, but she actually has a theory uh that barn owls could have been um the reason that people also associated with banshees in the nighttime because barn owls are nocturnal Mm -hmm. and their scream like the elk yeah is terrifying yeah it is so scary if you hear one um and while the barn owls are nearly extinct in ireland now way back when when all of this was really prevalent um they were they had a, a a large existence back then um so barn owls could have been your original banshees. Very interesting. Yeah. Keening women and barn owls. Nice. Yeah. 
but that's pretty much all I've got uh, cool. as far as those those death omens and the harbingers. <laughs> that's really interesting. So moving into media. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time finding stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not really, even though it's like such a kind of like a simple idea that could have tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's really not a lot of stuff, especially like good stuff. <laughs> yes. I know. So I'm going to talk about a feature film, mm-hmm. a short film, and a book. Ooh. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the 2020 horror movie lineup for what's coming out this Ooh. year. Okay. Okay. So the first one is um, a movie called Scream of the Banshee, which came out, I think, in 2011. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Oh. So I'm going to um, spoil it a little bit because, honestly, I'd give it, like, between one half and one star out of five. Oh, yikes. So we're just going to talk about it because I don't really recommend anybody watch it. <laughs> um, I mean, if you really want to, you can, but... Don't. It's not worth searching out. Is it, like, a super indie film? You know what? I don't think it's, like, super indie. Um, I hadn't really heard of the production house, so it's probably indie a bit but it's not bad because it was like low budget like the acting subpar Mm. um some of the like film choices are bizarre like and they used dreams to convey certain things in a way that was like very it seemed to me to call back a lot to like the first few um nightmare on elm street movies the way that they chose to do like some of the dream transitions And, I mean, it's been, like, 30 years. Like, can you make it better? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I, I knew we were off to a rough start because it kind of opens on this lady and she's restoring an artifact. And then she, like, records the numbers and stuff and that it was done restoring, packs it up. And then she gets a package, opens it up, and gets this look of, like, kind of, like, not terror, but, like appalled like mm-hmm. if some if you were to get like a box at work that said like you open the box and there's just like a letter in it that says like your deepest darkest secret oh yeah and you're like horrified because like you don't want anybody to know yeah, but like, some but somebody knows because they're yeah. mailing you proof so she gets that look on her face closes it up takes it down to another office where college students are restoring artifacts Puts down the box, opens it up, and there's a gauntlet inside. I should say this is the opening of, like, the modern telling. There's, like, a it starts with, like, a kind of prologue mm-hmm. something that happened in, like, King Arthur's a time. A four score and seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they get this gauntlet, and, they're like, there's a map of the office. And so I guess they're supposed to be, like, restoring artifacts in this college, and there's a false wall, and they find a different box. And that box has a locked box inside of it. And they end up figuring it out. They open it up. And it has this, like, grotesque head in it. This movie's called Scream of the Banshee. But this grotesque head that they find mm-hmm. um, has a bizarre, distorted, ear-to-ear smile. Ooh. Like like you said with the... The Dulahan. The Dulahan. Yeah. It could have been a Dulahan head. It, it could have. And honestly, as I tell a little bit more about the movie, I think probably it's more of, like, a Dulahan kind of story. Huh. But so they didn't depict that well, like in the movie. Like if you they talk about it being oh. a banshee, but but yeah, but if you didn't know like what 
Adulahan was, you wouldn't be able to make that connection watching that movie, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, as the as she like goes around and terrorizes the people, she has her head. But Yeah, Banshees do. Right, because Banshees do. But because of like this smile thing and mm-hmm. the fact that she does kill people, it sounds more like sort of Dulahani. Yeah. But so she because they open this box, she can like remanifest into like a physical ethereal oh. being and so she basically will just like scream at you and eventually <laughs> terrify you so much that you, you die. die um almost like a medusa where she turns you to stone with her eyeballs <laughs> yeah and so it it ends up that they figure out um they find out information about the banshee and they fi- they think that that's what it is and they're trying to figure out how to defeat it because it's like been terrorizing them and like manipulating their like thoughts and their dreams and stuff oh yeah i mean it had it had a lot of potential to be very good so the guy in this group figures out that if you don't scream like if she screams and you don't scream back like out of terror Mm -hmm. she can't kill you oh so then they try to like get it all sorted out but yeah interesting um it wasn't good it sounds all over the place it kind of was all over the place and they would like introduce weird characters and it just was like so down (laughs) yeah it wasn't good yeah i do not rate it highly like i said between a half and one out of five stars and that's a real bastardization of like the actual mythology of a banshee Right. Mm-hmm. It it just was so, so like the King Arthurian thing is there were like all these knights getting ready to go to battle and they go and they're like chasing this beautiful woman on a horse and she starts like screaming at them and they die and then the guy throws this shield and straight in the air and it like collapses and becomes a cube and like like cuts her head off as it's closing around her head. What? Yeah, and that's how the head got in that crate because it was like the box from then. Uh, and that's how they killed her in the Arthurian times. That's time. how they killed her in the yeah. Arthurian times. And it is how they end up killing her in the movie. Oh, you have to re- re-decapitate her? They had to re-decapitate her with this box, box thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, did they destroy it then? No. They just hid it somewhere else for somebody else to find later. Hmm. So, those boxes. I mean, Pandora had one. Hellraiser had one. Indiana Jones has one. Yeah, <laughs> like just leave them alone. Um, okay, so then I watched a short film uh-huh. called Banshee, which I will put a link to because there are a couple short films called Banshee. Um, this one was like an Irish short film. I think it was like an art school production, which some a lot of them are mm. art school productions. It was pretty good for like an indie short film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a better representation of some of the the lore of the Banshee. Yeah. It it doesn't ever really say whether or not the Banshee kills anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does, like, kind of show up right around when some people die. And um, they end up, like, l- like, linking it to this, like, story of a woman who, like, waited in a field for her husband to return from war. Mm-hmm. And he never came back. Oh. So, like, that's kind of like a, what did you call it? Like a keening woman. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, it was definitely good. For a short film, I would say probably, like, three out of five. Oh, nice. Or like, a little bit better than average, which is pretty good in the horror film. Yeah, especially for, realm. like, a short 
film that's independent yeah like college film school uh, film school produced yeah. yeah it was definitely really good and i recommend it i feel like it was less than 20 minutes so no, that's, yeah like no big deal to watch yeah um so i'll put a link in the description and then i read a book mm-hmm. called i I think it was called Midnight Screams. And the reason I'm kind of mixed up is because it's part of a series. Oh, okay. The series of books is called Banshee. Mm. Okay. So I think the one I read was called Midnight Screams. And it's kind of like told from two different perspectives. One is of a like teenage boy who's like moved to a small town. And the other is a teenage girl who lives in the small town. Okay. And the boy has this issue with these, like, he gets these terrible nightmares that someone is going to die. Uh And in the nightmare, like, he kills them. Oh. So then he feels compelled to reach out to the person who he, like, mysteriously knows how to reach (laughs) and tell them to, like, avoid. Like, he, what he does is he tells them, you're going to die and this is... How? how it would happen so mm. try not to do that um and so basically his family has to keep picking up and moving because like that's a ends up being a disaster every time well yeah i mean could you imagine if someone reached out to you that you don't know and they're like this is how you're gonna die so try not to do this right and then you I'd tell like, somebody what? like this weird thing happened to me and then a few days later you're dead yeah yeah, yeah. no so they keep moving and they move to this really small town and this girl is there and there's some weird mystery about her friend's girlfriend who is like like a supernaturally bizarre kind of things are happening Mm -hmm. on that side and it turns out in the series that this 16 year old boy is a banshee and that's why he has these dreams and then feels compelled to tell people what's that they're gonna die oh he can't be a banshee though but see that's the thing and i'm i think it comes up in later books because the girl's like i think you're a banshee but you're like the only male banshee ever and yeah so i think probably they look into that further yeah in other books but yeah i think there are six of them Mm -hmm. i would classify it as like probably like young adult fiction yeah and it's definitely more of like a fantasy than a horror yeah um there's a lot more like talk about different types of like mythological beings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and even though it was a little bit scary like it wasn't really like the horror books that i've read it was more like a fantasy mystery kind of book that's cool that people died in that people also died in yeah in mysterious ways for just being a book i would give it like three to three and a half stars out of five um for being a scary book probably not as much if you want a horror it'd probably be down in like the two star range but it's pretty good especially if you're into ya books and you like series yeah so i've never heard of it no i also tried to do like a google i'm like what are these like movies or something that I there's not much there really isn't um, yeah these two topics in particular yeah there's not much and it kind of stinks because it's it seems like such a rich yeah like such rich lore that you'd be able to pull a lot out of it and it's it can be so terrifying like I want to make a distinction here that a banshee is not at all uh, akin to La Llorona, the the curse of La Llorona. La Llorona is a woman in white. Yes. Which she's, is yes. A, a... She's a crying woman. She's often seen crying, right. but she does murder kids. <laughs> right. La Llorona so. is kind of her own... Her, 
she's like the i think they've said that la llorona is like the first of the woman in white yeah ghost story legend and that's kind of um like a north american yeah lore yeah but i mean point being like you that i liked the movie and i think the the tale of la llorona i think is just really scary and creepy Mm -hmm. especially because unfortunately it affects small children but i think the the rich history and the lore of Dullahans and banshees hollywood could capitalize on that and like make a killing with really well executed yeah movies with really good plots based on this history yeah and i don't know why they haven't it's i don't know such a disappointment people would be into it they're into all kinds yeah. of stuff absolutely and you could make so many movies yeah actually you know what uh we're gonna tm 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 the movie about the Dulahan. <laughs> yeah, TM, TM, TM. Don't take it. Can't have that. <laughs> My first experience with a banshee, I was very young. It was actually from Tiny Toon Adventures in an episode called Pluck of the Irish. <laughs> Plucky Duck goes to like a Scottish castle and there's a banshee that haunts the castle uh-huh. and she's got red hair, red eyes, and she's like in gray rags and she flies around and she screams and wails. But as a kid, I was like fr- probably seven or eight years old and I'm like, that's a thing? I And from that <laughs> point on, I was terrified of banshees. But then when I realized that they're actually n- not evil, yeah. they're, they're good and they're there for a, a purpose to let you know and prepare for an upcoming death, mm-hmm. not to actually kill someone. Like, they, their whole lore has just been bastardized. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, my, like, growing up, my understanding of banshees was just something that screams. Because yeah. people would say screaming like a banshee. Yeah. And then I feel like it got fleshed out a little bit as, like, a harbinger of death. Um, probably when I started getting into playing, like, role play games. Because I'm pretty sure there's, like, a banshee in D&D lore. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I've never played D&D. Always wanted to, but I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fun. Um, D&D. Not, not har- harbinging death. Uh, <laughs> unless you're a doula. <laughs> or some other reaper. Um, yeah. So I feel like that that was really it. Like, I really didn't know much about Banshees Honestly, getting, getting like, into it. It's I a thought opportunity. the Banshees, I thought it was going to be more like a siren. Yeah. Now they kill. Right. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. I think we've talked all about banshees, and yeah. we're getting to a bunch of other topics that should be their own episode. Their own, yeah. So maybe let's talk about the movies that are going to come out this year. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I got this list off of IMDb. Mm-hmm. So at this point in the year, being the second, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a lot of these dates may change, and some d- movies may actually be delayed out of the year, and some of the movies don't even have an estimated release mm-hmm. date yet. But these are the movies, and some of them I'm very excited to see. Yeah, drum roll, please. <laughs> so it looks like in the colder months, we're going to have a lot more to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so tomorrow of the recording, um, <laughs> The Grudge is the coming reboot. out. Yeah. And that movie terrified me. The, I, that I was really scary. It was so scary. I won't watch the reboot because I don't want to pee my pants. Oh, well, I'm going to see it. <laughs> and I will say there were very few horror movies that I wanted to see last year that I missed. And this year I'm hoping to keep up that pacing. Yeah. So um, The Grudge is coming out. I want to see that one in theater. Um, I'm sure I can find somebody to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Underwater is coming out on the 10th, which might be the day this episode comes out no this episode's the seventh the seventh okay so that one i'm not super interested in i've seen a lot of trailers for it it has um kristen stewart from twilight in it and Uh. they are like on an underwater 
like sea station and there's like monsters in the water or something like 20,000 leagues under the sea kind of and and it seems like it 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 strikes me as being like the descent but underwater Uh and with less women more men (laughs) (laughs) so and I'm not really interested in that yeah no (laughs) um the turning comes out on the 24th I started seeing um trailers for this a couple weeks ago it has Finn Wolfhard or whatever his name is that's in Stranger Things and the It movies it looks also very good it seems to be about a couple kids who maybe killed their parents maybe and some supernatural kind of stuff going on Gretel and Hansel is coming out on the 31st of January and this is like a scary retelling of Hansel and Gretel which is a scary story to begin with yeah I haven't seen any trailers but like the promotional posters look intriguing Mm mm-hmm the new Fantasy Island movie is coming out on February 14th, otherwise known as Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> this retelling of the idea of Fantasy Island is that um, when you, like, live out your fantasy, like, they somehow, like, bastardize it into being, like, terrifying what they do. And it makes you regret what you had Uh-oh. wished for. Interesting. Um, but, like, people get hurt and stuff. Mm. The sequel to The Boy is coming out on the 21st. It's called Brahms. I'm kind of excited for that because I enjoyed The Boy mm-hmm. when it came out, which is basically The Boy is about this woman who gets hired to be a nanny for, like, a doll. Oh. And, like, the doll moves and stuff, and it's really creepy. Ew, creepy dolls creep yeah. me out. Uh, Annabelle, all of them. <laughs> mm um, the Invisible Man is coming out on the 28th of February. I've seen a trailer for that, but I can't remember. They did something interesting with, like, the idea of the Invisible Man, but I can't quite remember what. Is that, like, a remake of the Universal Monsters Invisible Man? Perhaps. Or, like, uh, the Kevin Bacon Invisible Man movie. Have you ever seen that? I don't know. <laughs> it was like a weird scientific discovery that made Kevin Bacon go invisible. And then he turned into like this really shitty person because he could basically do whatever he wanted. Because he I think invisible. probably more the first yeah. one. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Mm. A Quiet Place Part 2 is scheduled to come out March 20th. Mm-hmm. I really liked the first one. So I'll probably see that. A movie called The New, the New Mutants is coming out on April 3rd. A movie called Antlers coming out on April 17th. I'm interested in that one. Um, April 24th, Antebellum is coming out. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. An as-yet-untitled Saw movie mm. is coming out on May 15th. Like the ninth one in the in the And series? they keep ending and then coming back. Ugh. Like, it's like, this is the real end. Yeah. And then, like, two years goes by, and they're like, way back. I haven't <laughs> seen any since, like, the third movie. Yeah. Just kidding. We lied. <laughs> like, when they found out that it was, like, the girl doing it, that was the last one that I watched. I don't even remember where I stopped. <laughs> Um, I remember a pig head in one of them, and I think I was yeah. like, I'm done. I'm and out. I think the pig head's going to be back um, based on the promotional poster. June 12th, uh, the Candyman reboot comes <gasps> out. I loved Candyman. Yeah, so that oh one I'm interested in. Um, there's going to be a Purge sequel come out um, July 10th. I haven't seen any of those movies except for the first one. Me too. A movie called The Empty Man is coming out August 7th. A movie called Malignant is coming out August 14th. The third movie in the Conjuring series called The Devil Made Me Do It is coming out September 11th. Hmm. Um, Last Night in Soho, September 25th. Um, The new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills, comes out on 
October 16th. Is that like the last movie in the actual John Carpenter's Halloween franchise? Like with um, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be um, like a follow-up to the the one that they that came out like in 2018. Oh, okay. Of Halloween. Yeah. Um, which is like part of the same yeah. storyline. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a reboot. It's a continuation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a sequel to Escape Room is scheduled to come out November 30th. I liked Escape Room. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's kind of like interesting. I mean, it's not like the best movie that's ever come out, but I liked it Mm -hmm. um so i'll probably see that um a wrong turn movie is coming out without it doesn't have a scheduled date i really liked wrong turn when it came out i don't remember if i saw it i think i I get that one mixed up with cabin in the woods i don't think i've seen wrong turn okay well cabin in the woods was awesome i hated it (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was scary though for what it was okay flesh eating right the flesh eating Oh, that's Cabin Fever. Oh, okay. Which I like. So I get all three of these mixed but up. But <laughs> there's also like a remake of Cabin Fever that I didn't like. Okay. So so Cabin Fever is the one I didn't like. It sounds like it. Yeah. All right. Um, Army of the Dead is scheduled to come out this year. Fear Street, which I'm wondering if that's based on the books, is supposed know. to be coming out. A movie called There's Someone Inside Your House. A movie called False, False Positive. And like... I don't know, like seven other movies that don't have scheduled dates. And then a movie called, uh, that was listed as Untitled Body Swap Thriller. <laughs> body Swap Thriller. Yeah, like 13 going on, or not 13 going on 30, but Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday. but scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, some of these I'm definitely really excited for, like The Grudge, The Turning, um, some of the sequels that are coming out. Yeah. Um, people are, like, still super love The Conjuring, so I'm guessing that yeah. that's going to be a big hit this year. So Probably. But, yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of stuff scheduled, especially in the next few months, so I'm pumped. Yeah, that's awesome. I know there's um, a new series hitting Netflix this Saturday called Dracula. I knew you would say that. <laughs> I have a reminder set. <laughs> um, I was at a bookstore today, and I almost got you this collector's edition <gasps> of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it was just like it had it was like one of the ones that has like a box that the book slides in and out of, and oh. just the box was nice. Like the book wasn't, really wasn't no. anything fancy. Yeah. So I um I have I have Dracula, and I also have um the sequel that was written by Bram Stoker's son Dacre. Uh huh. I think that's how you say the name. It's of Irish origin. I yeah. think Dacre Stoker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dacre. I don't know. <laughs> Dacre Stoker. Dacre. I don't know. Um. So all that being said. Do you want to hear a scary story? I do. Andy, this um, week I'm just going to tell you a story. Yeah. Go for it. So I want to tell you the story of the person that lived in my apartment before me. So um, I overheard the story from our maintenance guy telling the new maintenance guy when they were in my apartment replacing the furnace filter. And I'm pretty sure they didn't realize I was home because I was taking a nap and they like knocked and I didn't wake up. And so I was, like, in the room with my dog and my cat sleeping, and I heard, like, the door open and somebody be like, maintenance! And I knew they were coming for furnace filters, like, they had to tell us. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. It's cold, whatever. Yeah, and the furnace isn't in my room, so I was like, whatever. Anyways, so the new maintenance guy just started, like, a couple weeks ago, and they're in the room next to mine, so I can hear them pretty clearly, especially with, like, the heat ducts uh-huh. that run between. And the maintenance guy that has been there for like ever 
is telling him that he doesn't like to work on stuff in my apartment because of the lady that used to live there. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like interested. Yeah. Like you have your like Harry Potter ear that you flip into that room. So you, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can hear everything. Right. Like I put a cup to the door or yeah. something. No. <laughs> um, so he tells him that the lady that lived there before me would call the leasing office all the time complaining that somebody was in the apartment above her just like screaming and a banshee maybe a banshee maybe (laughs) so the you know the first time that it happened the leasing office told her nobody lives there it must be something else or somebody else and she's like well this isn't the first time it's happened and you've got to do something about it it's too noisy it's too late blah 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 Mm -hmm. So they put up, like, a memo. They do this all the time. Like, they put up memos about, like, picking up your dog poop, right? Yeah. So they put up a memo in the building reminding people to, like, keep it down, basically be respectful. Yeah. And, like, a couple weeks later, she starts calling again. There's somebody up there screaming. And they tell her, like, nobody lives up there. We're in the middle of renovating it. I don't know what you're hearing, but it's nobody's up there. Hmm. And so the next time that she hears the screaming, she calls the police because the leasing office isn't doing anything about it. So the maintenance guy has to go with the leasing office manager and the police officer to the apartment above her to go open the door Mm. and like see and investigate right what's going on. So they look around and there's no evidence of a person there like maybe there was a squatter or something yeah but they didn't find anything so they go down and they reassure the tenant that there's nobody there it must be something in your apartment or a neighbor and she's like really upset nobody she doesn't think anybody's listening to her nobody believes her she's all frustrated um but the leasing office manager feels like she did everything and the maintenance guy is like i don't know we did everything we could do there's no reason for this and then like a week or so later she starts calling again and leaving messages and so eventually she leaves a message that says there's somebody in the apartment upstairs for me screaming and i've called you x number of times you haven't done anything about it so i'm gonna be getting in contact with the housing bureau Hmm. so the leasing office manager and the maintenance guy go to her apartment to talk to her because like they don't want to have to get involved with the housing yeah. bureau but they do it like towards the end of their their work day because they don't really want to deal with this and they know it's nothing serious right mm-hmm. so they head over there toward the end of the work day and the maintenance guy opens the door and it stinks in her apartment like something is rotting and so they're, like, kind of looking around. Like, the maintenance guy's first thought is maybe, like, her fridge went bad. But, like, really fast, I guess. So they start looking around. And the leasing office lady just starts screaming. And she's, like, in the living room. So the maintenance guy goes to see what she's screaming about. And in the couch, the lady who had been living there is, like, laying there and... She's, like, obviously dead, but not just, like, not moving dead, but, like, gray, like, gray, leathery skin, and this, like, horrified look, like, plastered onto her face, like, mouth wide, like, she's screaming, 
And so obviously, like, they call, <laughs> they call to get it taken <laughs> care of. And it ends up being, like, ruled, like, just, like, a heart attack or whatever. And they never did figure out what all the screaming was about. Ew, I got so many chills. <laughs> all the shivers. All the shivers. <laughs> hmm. So she, so she was dead the whole time. But, like, so she wasn't calling the maintenance people or what? Her ghost was. Well, she was calling because the, they had just been there with the cop, like, a week before. Oh, and they saw her yeah. alive. Yeah, because oh, okay. they told her, like, it, there's nothing up there. Oh. And she was mad. Nobody was listening to so her. So something came and got her. Yeah. And killed her. I guess. What What was... There's some kind of horror movie... That was a good story, by the way. Thanks. Um, there's some kind of horror movie where, like, you look at something and it terrifies you so bad that it, like, freezes your face like that. But I can't think of the name. That happens in The Ring. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Because I <laughs> blocked that out of my memory. Because just like The Grudge, that movie terrified the shit out of me, too. And they came out, like, at the same time. There was, yeah. like, this like rash of um like japanese and korean remakes yeah um shutter came out then also but the original for shutter is i feel like the ring and the grudge did a good job of retelling the stories yeah but the american version of shutter is not as good as the the, the original the original yeah. i've never seen shutter shutter but is I've, good. Se- I've seen i saw the ring in the theater when it came out uh-huh. um and the same with the grudge yeah the, they both terrified me They're and I, I haven't watched the remake of the ring that came it's out. not a remake or wasn't it like a reboot it was kind of like a sequel oh like, it just came out like two years ago or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that one because I'm, I'm too scared. They did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll saw take that your word for it. <laughs> Japanese films, the Japanese horror, like, I'll say Asian horror. It yeah. just does not disappoint. Well, the next time you're in the mood for some Asian horror, I recommend The Wailing, which is very good, mm-hmm. and um, the original Shudder. They're good. If I'm brave. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Shudder like a camera shutter, yes. not Shudder like shivering shiver, shiver. Yeah. yeah yeah so um i don't have anything else me either so um i think that's everything it sounds like it bye, bye. are you feeling overwhelmed with the amount of rpgs being made do you have a backlog of games that you said you would learn but haven't are you looking for different games to play instead of Pathfinder and D&D 5th Edition, but don't want to make that time commitment yet? Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? While we can't help you with your love life, we can help you answer all the other questions. Check out the Roleplaying Guys podcast, where we test out different roleplaying games so you don't have to. We provide real play examples of homebrew campaigns to help you learn the rules and the mechanics so you can get to what you love most, playing the game. Find the Roleplaying Guys wherever you get your podcasts. That's Roll as in R-O-L-L. Again, we are not a show to help you with your love life. We are a proud member of the Necropodicon Network.